Jake Green is our guest in this hour, co-director and writer of Millennial Parents. Now, this is a web series about the new generation of domestication. He also writes and develops television and web projects. He's a millennial author and keynote speaker. His first book, Whoa, My Boss is Naked. Oh, we had the same boss. No, just joking. I uh, was an irreverent career guide for entry-level millennial employees. And uh, good to have him with us. Jake, good afternoon. Happy Friday, and welcome to the program. Thanks for thanks so much for having me on. I got to tell you, your, your people, it was perfect timing because my um, I have two kids, six and seven, and uh-huh. my son is a bit uh, one of those children who doesn't have ADHD but should because he's so hyper. And my uh, husband was nice enough to take them to the playground the other day, and I sat down, had a cup of coffee, took a deep breath, and was like, oh, this is what silence is like, and I uh, decided to turn on the TV and watch stupid chick flicks I would never watch, and Failure to Launch came on. Do you know the movie I'm talking about, Failure to Launch? I remember Failure to Launch. Yes, it was Matthew McConaughey and Sarah Jessica Parker, and it was about a woman who'd been hired by a guy's parents because he would not move out of the house. I kid you not, that was on a Sunday. (laughs) On a Monday, your people, or you, sent me an email about this, and I thought, perfect timing because – it's not just a movie, and the movie may be, you know, behind us, but this is happening more and more, right? I mean, because, one, less and less people can afford to live in, you know, certain cities like the one I'm in, Los Angeles or San Francisco or New York. We hear about that all the time. We need more affordable housing. Uh, but even to pay for housing, you need a job. And there are less jobs and more and more people getting degrees and more and more people who come out with a degree, no job, and have to pay off loans. So what do they have to do? They have to move back home with mom and dad. So let's look at some uh, numbers. First of all, it, over 30% of millennials, close to 30%, 30.3 approximately percent of millennials are still living with their parents, according to uh, a pre- your press release. Is that correct? Yeah. It's, and you know what's interesting is, and, and I'm currently in one of, uh, I'm currently in Los Angeles also, but I've also, before I lived here, I spent eight years in Tennessee and I grew up in Minneapolis and I have a lot of friends there. And, you know, there is, the economic piece of it is a piece of it. However, I think um, as you go market by market, this is a, an issue regardless of cost of living. And so it's really interesting to me to look at or sort of the relationship factors and, and what are some of these cultural trends that are keeping people in the house. And you've got a, a couple things that I think are really interesting. One is you've got baby boomer parents who have set up these relationships from the time their kids were small that, hey, we're going to be besties. And now that their kids are older, they're really kind of, they're kind of interested in keeping the party going. They're not exactly pushing the birds out of the tree. And then you've also got, on the other side, you've got a lot of millennials who don't really want to move out until they can move into a situation that they feel is cool enough for their identity, right? So it isn't like it was in past generations where people were just going to get out to start living on their own and you take a, a dumpy apartment and you're eating SpaghettiOs exclusively. There's a whole demographic of people who are not moving out of the house because, you know, their parents' house is pretty comfortable, and until they get a situation that's sort of at that level, they're just sort of staying home. Um, I, I, I also want to know if this is, I mean, your research with this, first of all, we're talking about 18 to 34-year-olds, right, that are living with their parents. This is the, you know, uh, for, according to data from the Census Bureau. Right. That's the age group. Right. And, and is this something that, you know, parents embrace because I know you know there are parents out there with tough love that it's like I love you, but get the hell out of my house and get a job. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Jake Green, co-director and writer of Millennial Parents. 
a web series about the new generation of domestication. Check it out, MillennialParents.com. On Twitter, follow them at MillParents. Follow Jake at Jake Green with an E and at N-R-I-R-B-Y. We'll be back right after this. Would you like to stay for dinner? Oh, well, I'd love to. Thank you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why? Well, it smells good, and I'm really hungry, aren't you? Yeah, I'm hungry, but my mom here, Mm -hmm. she's cooking dinner, like she does most nights, right here where I live, Mm -hmm. with them. The same house I grew up in. That's nice. I'm going to go mow the lawn. We're we're about to sit down. Might mow the neighbors, too. Is this really okay? Because I don't want to intrude on family time. Oh, it's fine. I'll set another place. Okay, thanks. I'm going to go help Dad. Is there, um... Is there anything I can do to help? Listen, I... I am so sorry. I had no idea that he was going to bring me over here. But you are doing great. Well, you're not. I don't know what to tell you, honey, but uh, that strict program of yours, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to start deviating. He's breaking up with you. What? The only reason he ever brings girls home to meet us is because he's getting ready to dump them. Really? Well, that's not happening. appreciate you staying for dinner. All right, I know that must have been very awkward. Not at all. No. You don't mind that my parents are downstairs right now? They're asleep in their chairs. Don't stare. I'm paying for it. I'll stare if I want to. Okay. Uh, anyway, that is a uh, – speaking of failure to launch, that's a little bit of the uh, movie failure to launch. Not a good movie, totally boring, you know, uh, rom-com, romantic comedy. Uh, Jake Green's our guest, co-writer, director, and writer of Millennial Parents, a web series about the new generation of domestication. Now, all kidding aside, you know, for that, you know, really, really got to be desperate you know, chick with a Hagen dazs in her hand watching kind of a thing. Uh, Jake, we're talking about the facts, and the facts are over 30% of 18 to 34-year-olds are living with their parents. Now, before the break, I asked you, um, are the parents enablers, do you think, based I on mean, ab- your research? Yeah, absolutely. That, that plays a role in it. I think you've got the uh, – you can't ignore sort of the helicopter parenting trends, Um you know, leading to sort of a tighter bond, and, and the parents is more of a uh, a safety net that becomes a plan A as opposed to a plan B. Um, what's really alarming for me is someone with uh, with a three year old and a one year old now. You you said you've got a, a six and a seven. Yep. So and and I honestly, I cr- I love my children, and yeah. there are different people. You know, I have friends. I have one friend who, when their kids went off to college, you know, they cried. I have. Other friends, when the kids went off to college, they shut the door and they had a party and they went on a cruise or something. You know, I mean, I, I you know, I think it, it depends. And, I, and I, I'll miss my kids, but I do want my kids to spread their wings and fly. And I, I look forward to having my wake up when I want to on a Saturday and take oh. off and have my life back someday. <laughs> you 
it doesn't even sound it doesn't even sound realistic at this point. But I'll tell you what's funny is we were my wife and I were looking in my youngest son's crib and and we were thinking about if you know if in the sixties sixties seventies kids were eighteen and out in the eighties bleeding into the nineties that started getting up into the mid twenties and we're looking at sort of people who are hanging out at home past thirty. What's to say that this kid in the crib isn't going to be hanging out until he's forty? What is who's to say that forty isn't the new twenty six? You know. 20, 25 years from now. And that's, that, to me, is what's super scary, and that we actually did an episode about that on Millennial Parent. Uh, no, that is super scary. Also, are these are these kids graduating from high school and just staying home and never leaving? Or, are these people, a lot of them, going away uh, to school, whether it's for two years or four years, for an associate degree, a bachelor's degree, and then coming home because they can't find a job or finding a job near mom and dad? But Hey, the you know maybe the laundry gets done, or they got a washer and dryer. They don't have to put you know quarters in, or you know swipe the yeah. card in at the laundromat. I mean, I mean, is it, it, it? You said it's not just financial; it's also a level of comfort. Right. It also is is the type of employment that they're pursuing. Right. Like you can't you can't help but notice the number of millennials that officially seem to be dropping out of the workforce, but in fact are pursuing um, careers that are independent contractor based. Right. So they're coming out of uh, they're coming out of college or, or community college or high school in some instances, and then instead of going to look for a job, they're trying to start their own thing, even though they're not really sure what their thing is. And um, in some cases, that works out great, and you get you know the next Snapchat. And in other situations, um, you know you end up having a serial entrepreneur with no job skills who hangs out uh, until uh, his or her mid thirties. And is this? something that we have, like, is the pendulum swinging back? Is this something that happened before, or is this kind of a new thing? I say that because there was a time people lived with their parents till they got married. Yeah, well, to that end, you know, it, it really is, I, you know, it really is sort of swinging back because, you know, we come from uh, our heritage in, in this country is of, of one with, uh, you know, multi-generational households, right? And so if it were to really sw- swing back, then, uh, you know, it would be the parents that are moving back in after the kids have left. Um, <laughs> but which, which again, if you were uh, that wouldn't that wouldn't solve your problem of wanting to wake up on Saturday and not be bombarded by uh, by explosions for the next two days. A fifth of this millennial population are in the poverty uh, range, right? Financially. Mm-hmm. So does yeah. that does that speak to that does speak to the economics? Is that because of lack of job opportunity? And I'm not I'm not trying to paint a, a picture a negative picture of some of these millennium millennials, but no. if if, no, things are, if, the, if things are cozy at home and you don't have to pay a mortgage or rent or food or do anything, and mommy and daddy are taking care of you, where's the incentive to get off your butt and get a job? Right, and and, and there's sort of two questions built in there. Right, one is based on the incentive, and yeah, if you've got if you're living at the hotel, you know. You don't have to go make money to eat. And so that certainly, I think, has to weigh into it a little bit. You know, another factor um, that plays into the whole jobs outlook is that if you look at, at what happened in 2008 and the, the trickling down that happened through the generation, you had, when that happened, you had a bunch of baby boomers who were about to retire who then saw their, some of their savings decimated and their investments, and they all of a sudden are putting off retirement you know, for a series of years, maybe even a decade. And that affects the Gen X people behind them who had been, you know, earning their spot at the top only to see uh, themselves get sort of frozen into middle management for a while, which, which created even less opportunities for younger people to excel 
Um, and then you have, uh, so you've got a bunch of people who are going for less spots. Um, and also uh, a bunch of organizations that weren't doing a really good job of laying out what a plan for development or what success looks like is. But again, it gets back to that sort of, in terms of, when I, when I work with young professional groups, you know, I talk to millennials and say, look, you've got to look at yourself like a band, right? Like, you're going to get started. You want to build a career. You can't start out by being a musician and an actor and, you know, being on the Celebrity UN and playing all kinds of fusion music, right? You've got to get in a van. You've got to play some crummy venues, and you've got to start building an audience. And I think there's a, uh, a tendency sort of from the pop culture education that, uh, that millennials have had in looking at all of these people who seem to do everything at once that you want to get out of school and immediately become a brand. <laughs> and in fact, like you haven't even established a product yet. And so to the extent that people can, can sort of get over that hump and, and worry less about, you know, closing doors on talents and interests and more about opening doors and establishing um, that they can be dependable, dependable producers, I think uh, younger people are going to be in a lot better shape. Uh, let's take some calls. Eight 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 six Leslie. Eight 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 six five three seven five four three. Line four in Georgia is Reggie. Reggie, question or comment for our guest? Yes. Am I the abnormal one? Because I, I, uh, I'm a high school graduate of twenty something years who still lives at home with both his mother and his sister. Who is? I'm forty one and I'll be forty two in two months, and my sister's in her mid forties, and uh, I don't have a job or any money because I'm. Visual, I'm visually impaired, and you, you know, and you know what a disability that makes it even harder on people like me, who have to be dependent on other people to take care of me for the rest of my life. Either that, either that, or the government. If I had a, if I had a social security check, I wouldn't be worried about money at all. But since I don't have one yet, and I'm getting, I'm about middle aged, you know, am I abnormal or what? I mean, I'm not. I feel like I'm not normal because you know. Well, I went to school and did all the things I was supposed to do, but I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was a kid or when I graduated from high school. And the answer remains the same. You know, I, I was born in the early 70s, but I grew up in the 80s, you know. And I'm sure you know how that is, or you don't. But, you know, I feel as if I don't think anybody's going to hire a guy who's over, who's over 40 and I can't go back in time and start all over again. <laughs> Well, Reggie, we're not, I, I, and I, I feel for. I know that you, um, you had mentioned that you know you're a visually impaired and, and reliant on other people, and appreciate your call. Um, but we're talking about millennials, and Reggie would be too old for that generation that we're talking about that's staying at home or moving back in with their parents, right, Jay? I, I think so. But one of the points that he brought up is a really is a really prevalent point for millennials and for a lot of people, you know, on on either side, because this isn't about strict borders, right? This isn't about just because you're, you know, 35 and not 36 doesn't mean you're in a different generation. But, you know, it sounds there are a lot of people who, who are vaguely ambitious, right, meaning that they want to do something great. They just don't know what that is. They want to really work hard at something, but they haven't figured out exactly what that is. And, and the key there is to just write down or, or brainstorm or, you know, record some ideas of things that you think might be interesting and, and start trying to do one of those things. And, you know, you'll find out, you'll test and see if that's something you want to keep doing or if that's something, um, or if that's something that's not going to do it for you. You know, there's, when, um, when I was writing my book, I had this, we, we talked about an idea of, of Midasitis, right? What you want the first thing, like King Midas, that you touch to turn to gold. And that's not the case, um, the vast majority of the time. And in most instances, 
you know, especially with the younger generations, they're, they're, the expectation is you're going to change jobs a lot over the, course of, uh, over the course of your career and your life. And so the key is, even if you haven't figured out what you want to do, it's to develop uh, work habits that are consistent and, and will support your ambition so that when you find what you want to do, you have the, uh, you've got the ability to chase it down and go get it. Let's take some other calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Milton's in Dallas on Line 5. Hey, Milton, good afternoon. Hey, Leslie, how you doing? Good. Um, to add, uh, so yeah, I think there's there's a couple of reasons whenever it comes to uh, millennials and why they're still living with their parents. Um, one, I, I would, um, I'm probably from experience, uh, I mean, the big one is jobs, everyone with jobs, even... Um, I mean, I'm bartending and waiting, and I've I've tried looking for other jobs. And uh, usually, when I have gone to these job interviews, I mean, it's so many other people, and even then, you still have to go through two or three more. And then I actually end up not getting the job. Um, uh, another friend of mine, she actually graduated with a, a bachelor's in education, and it was like a pool of 200 people. And then that got knocked down to 50, and then 20, 15. And then uh, she ended up getting a job, which was a really good thing. But then that just goes to show uh, how much people are applying for the same job. And, I mean, right now there's just not enough jobs to go around for the people who are looking for them. Um, another reason I think that millennials are still living at home also is just um, I think some are just unmotivated um, just to not do I mean, it's, it's easier to stay home. It's easier just not to do anything. Um uh, that, uh, like I said, I, th- I think that's another one. I, I mean, my brother was one of those. He really, I mean, he graduated high school, and he didn't really do anything for a couple of years. I mean, it was just easy for him. I mean, he didn't know what he wanted to do, uh, didn't go to school, anything. And I think that's that's another big reason. I think some of us, or millennials, are just they're just unmotivated. They just don't know what they really want to do, okay. and it's just easier for them to stay at home with their parents. All right, Milton, thank you for the contribution. Jake, uh, Is does the research bear that to be true? We were talking about incentive, motive. You know, really, it's 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 hard to teach somebody to be motivated. That does come from within and maybe harder to be motivated if there's really no need. I mean, I know the times in my life when I've been motivated to get another job is when I've lost a job and I've I've got rent due in less than 30 days. Right, right. Or you have uh, or you've got a child that you have to uh, that you have to feed. You know, one of the interesting one of the interesting things that leads to sort of the demotivational factors is, you know, people get people get really caught up, um, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses on Facebook and on you know Twitter and Instagram, right? Because we get this false sense of insecurity that everybody else is sort of living their dreams to the fullest. Because the, when they decide to post things on social media, it's generally a greatest hits list, right? Or it's or it's a situation where they're trying to spin an experience that they've had, so it seems miraculous. I mean, people aren't—we're we're getting a totally unrealistic view of what people's lives are like because everyone keeps posting all of all of this great stuff, and then we think, "Oh gosh, I hate the job that I'm doing. I can't believe that I'm fighting 200 people to get this other gig." And we get again—we get sort of caught up where we feel like we're looking for lottery tickets and not necessarily, um, you know, good steady work, and so. Yeah, I think uh, there's, a, there's a number of factors that contribute to the motivation issue. Um, but certainly, if you were, if, when people are put in a situation where they have to earn money 
um, they, they certainly, uh, their heart rate gets going and, and they're a little more motivated to do it than if they're uh, hanging out in the basement, you know, just pounding Xbox games. Um, I, I want to talk, talk about also that the, the numbers look that the millennials will outnumber the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. That definitely is a concern, right? I mean, it is a concern, especially if they're not working and paying into a system that they're going to be a part of, like, you know, two systems, Medicare and Social Security, if it's still there down the road. Yeah, I mean, I guess I take a more optimistic view from it, which is that we're also going through a transition where, where work, as, as it's sort of defined, careers are changing dramatically, right? Like, you have it, it, it's just a different. It's a different playing field that's going to require different rules than it was when people were, you know, signing up to work for IBM and staying there for forty years. You're seeing a um, an explosion right now in freelance and co-working type spaces where people um, are are going to work at an office, but the office has twenty companies in it instead of one company. Um, and certainly, uh, what you know, what people smarter than me need to figure out is the best way. To uh, fill in for that gap, um, the gap, you know, for those long-term 401k social security type systems. Jake, you were you were really great. Let's put them in our rolodex. We like you, uh, Jake Green, co-director and writer of Millennial Parents, a web series about the new generation of domestication. To women who hoped to evade the ticking clock of time, Dr. Frederick Brandt was the most potent drug dealer in the world, and the dealer got high on his own supply. From Imperative Entertainment and the team behind Broken Hearts comes a new series that will challenge everything you know about fame, fortune, and the fear of growing old. I'm Justine Harmon, and this is The Baron of Botox.